welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Jason here with life coaches Dean McMurray and Monique Scott, and this is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Just a little sadness, we mentioned it yesterday, but Linda Armstrong has decided to move on to do other things with her life, and uh, while we're going to miss her, uh, obviously we really appreciated the uh, couple of years that she's been on the podcast, and uh, you know she's been a main player here for quite some time, so she'll be missed. Um, don't know yet what's happening with Rita. She she hasn't ruled out coming back, so Rita may actually be back on Fridays. Um, but what I can tell you is we do have a new co-host that will start next week. She's actually somebody who was on the podcast last fall. You may remember her. Her name is Debbie Garcia. And uh, guys, I got to tell you, Debbie is a powerhouse. She's like, uh, it's like I said to Dan Mangana yesterday, she is a huge power in a small body. I mean, just like, boom, you know, she, she just kind of takes over energy wise and it's going to be a really nice energy boost for the, for the show. So kind of looking forward to that. But you guys were really nice. You guys uh, stepped up to the plate uh, and kind of filled in the gap this week. And I wanted to thank both of you. And it's kind of a good opportunity to have you guys meet each other. So Monique, yeah. meet Dean. Dean, meet Monique. Hi, guys. Nice How you to doing? meet you, Monique. Hello. Yes. <laughs> Y'all looking good. And, and of course, you guys have a, uh, I showered today, so we're good. Oh, well, <laughs> not that you, you would so know much. us anyways. <laughs> so there's no virtual stink going on. I'm no, glad to there's hear that. no yeah. virtual. <laughs> good. Yeah. We like to maintain standards around yes. here. So <laughs> hygiene. <laughs> that's right. But no, that's actually not what I was uh, going to refer to. What I was going to refer to is besides being life coaches, you guys have something else in common. You both have a military background. Oh, yeah. How long were you in, Monique? 12 years. 12 years. And Dean, you were in for? 24, yep. 24 years. Ooh, okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Double so. me. Double me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no competition. It's all right. But... <laughs> and what I... branch, Monique, were you? Are... I started out in the Army National Guard, and then from there, I went active duty um, Army, and then from there, I went AGR Army, and from there, I went AGR um, uh, Air Force. And Walt, and you listeners, just in case you're not familiar with AGR, the easiest way I like to explain it is when you have um, active duty military, whatever branch, um, usually you sign up for four, six years. I don't, I don't know what it is now, but generally four years. And maybe you spend a year or two at one station, then they send you somewhere else, right? Um, and that's federal. But when you are ADR, that's called active guard and reserve. So if you have a national guard or a reserve unit in your hometown, I like to explain it. Somebody has to run the place <laughs> ah. Monday through Friday. And so they're active duty at a National Guard or Reserve, and you are paid by the state. But we still get the same wonderful military benefits as um, federal. Okay. And it's kind of like the best of both worlds. You can be stationed in your hometown, never have to leave, and still have the benefits of active duty military. So you're the one who turns the lights on and then turns the lights off. Yes, and when yeah. they come for their one weekend out of the month, I'm there too. So that's usually a seven day week. Well, that's very interesting because I did um I did it a little bit different. I did fourteen years active duty army and the last ten I was I spent as a AGR army um here in the state of North Dakota. So oh, So we so have a lot in common. Yes, I'm familiar. I'm familiar yeah. with that. Yeah. So good times. Good times. It's actually a a little secret. Nobody, when I learned about it, I was like, whoa, nobody said anything about this unicorn. What's going on over here? Yeah, they don't tell you that. It is like the best kept secret in the world. It is. It is. Yes, it is. But no, good times. It was a lot of great individuals. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Uncle Sam was really good to me. I don't know. I, I only say I wouldn't want to do it over again because if I know what I know now, I probably never would have gone to the military. <laughs> but um, I have no negative, um, no negative experiences. It was good for me, for sure. Yeah, I'd good. have to concur as well. So, well, I, I was never in the military, but I do have something else in common because you made reference to Uncle Sam. I'm actually descended from Uncle Sam. Really? Really? Yeah, there, there, there is a man for whom the character Uncle Sam was created. His name was Sam Wilson, and he was a meat inspector in Troy, New York, 
around the turn of the 20th century. And he was my great, great uncle. So I am a, I am literally a real life nephew of my uncle Sam. Wow. <laughs> and I actually had an uncle named Sam. Yeah. So. <laughs> now I kind of want to go and research. I'm kind of a nerd like that, Walt. Uh, so now I kind of want to go and research the people who are behind these iconic figures. Like oh, yeah. Sam. Yeah. Or the lady that you see with the, you know. Right, Rosie the Riveter. Rosie yeah. the Riveter, yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah. yeah. So I'd like to, to know. By the way, do you know why he's called Uncle Sam? No. No. Because because it's like um, it, it, it it's like the, uh, uh, all of a sudden all my words are leaving me. Excuse me while I just kind of recollect from here. <laughs> crazy. No, um, he's called Uncle Sam because, like I said, he's a meat inspector. He was a meat inspector. And meat inspectors at that time had a stamp that they would stamp on the packages of meat they were inspecting. And he was a U.S. meat inspector, so he would stamp it with the U.S. And somebody would make the joke, well, what does that mean? Oh, well, that means that's Uncle Stan- Sam's mark because his name was Sam Wilson. So uh, that's where Uncle Sam Uncle comes Sam. from. Yeah, wow. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so a little arcana that does you absolutely no good at all, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> right. So the U.S. on all the uh, on all the equipment, or <laughs> it's all him. Like, oh, there's Uncle Sam. There yep. we go. Yeah, yeah. He he has the trademark. I don't really have a particular topic in mind today. I just figured this is more like get together and share some ideas and yeah, so forth. Absolutely. So um, I I think maybe I'll just kind of bring out a few things that I've picked up from each one of you and uh, toss them back and forth and let you guys banter a little bit and I'll, I'll just sit back and enjoy you know <laughs> but uh yeah i mean well for instance now dean you bill yourself as the military medium and in fact uh mm-hmm. here on fridays you, you actually first joined us on a friday show when rita giganti yeah. was on mm-hmm. and i was telling monique about that before the show how it was kind of fun because she's a psychic and you're you're a psychic medium and the two of you were like you know double teaming on people who are asking for help with stuff, which was really interesting because you kind of, you filled each, filled out each other's stuff. You know, you would say one thing and she'd fill it out some more and, and then Linda right. would jump in with her stuff and so forth. So that was kind of cool. But when you were in the military, I remember asking you about this. Um, you, you, you didn't obviously, you didn't broadcast the fact that you had this. You only discovered that, I guess, in the last few years um, that you were actually right. in the service. Um, and then you just kind of transitioned a little bit and, for obvious reasons. I mean, I think everybody has a pretty right. good idea of, you know, what what soldiers are like. And there's going to be some resistance. And so you're going to want to keep that kind of thing quiet. I, I can understand that right. a bit. But you decide to kind of come out at one point, so to speak. I right. think that was the phrase right. that you used. And I'm going to juxtapose that with Monique's background because Monique was brought up in uh, relig- in a religious setting of a back- the Baptist church. So she kind of came from a background that... The, the military wouldn't frown on. She wouldn't get in trouble about that. But it it traditionally would have been resistant. Baptist churches, I think we can say, would be resistant to the idea of a psychic medium. So I'm thinking the two of you here, this is kind of like coming in from two different angles here. Right, which right. I'm sure you guys aren't bothered by, but I just thought I'd bring that in because it's kind of a fun angle. So right. let, me, let me start by asking you this. Give us a little bit of a replay, Dean, about um, those last couple of years and, yeah. and that transition that you made. And then I'm going to ask a follow-up question based on that. Well, they're really a blur, Walt, because I, I stayed drunk the whole <laughs> lot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, I actually wasn't drinking, which is interesting. <laughs> Maybe I should have. I don't what know. What was wrong with you? I, I don't know. Uh, Sometimes the military can drive right, you. Yeah. It's like <laughs> normally the military is making you do the vice versa. Um you know, like, yeah, you summed it up well, Walt. Really, when I returned from my last deployment, um, I was in my last three years. Um, the, the guard, the active guard component has what they call a high three. And what that means in technical terms is you can retire at your highest grade that you held for the last three years of your service. And at that time, when I actually, right before I deployed was, I got promoted to E7 and so our first class. And so I was in my last three years of military service. I got back. I knew that, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, time's kicking, ticking down. And you know, I was just kind of like, you know, it's, it's time for me to retire. And that's when everything kicked off for me spiritually. 
Um, it really threw my whole world into a tailspin. But at the same time, I was, you know, I still have the, all this time, really, uh, two to three years is still not a huge chunk of time, but, you know, I didn't want to be that guy, um, you know, of saying that, you know, I didn't want to lose people's trust and, and the respect that I, you know, through the years earned, um, from my superiors and my, you know, my, the folks that I supervised and everything else. And so I really kept it quiet and until, you know, in the, in the really remaining probably six, eight months or that last year. And I just be kind of came what I call the grumpy old guy and I didn't care anymore. And because really what I feel is the true sense of who I was, I couldn't hide from even myself anymore. And that was more what it was. I was embracing who I was at a deeper level. And like Walt said, when I always love to say that when I came out of the uh, spiritual closet, so to speak, and shared with people, you know, and what I found, because it was more of a perceived or perception that I thought that people in the military you know, are very, because that's what you see. And, and if you spent any time in the military and Monique can probably attest to this is that it's very, you know, in box, right. You know, very staunch and, you know, it's, but what I learned was people are people. And when I came out as, Hey, I'm a psychic medium, there was people like, Oh my God, I totally believe in mediums. Or there's the other people that were like, so what, you know, what's a medium? And they weren't too sure, but they were kind of curious. And there were the other people that would, you know, like, hey, I'll pray for you. And like, I'll, you know, light a candle in your name and all this great stuff. And then there was other people that would turn right around and they left, like my office or wherever I was at, because they didn't even want to have the conversation. And, you know, and because a lot of people literally thought it was BS and, and that's okay. But what I learned really was the perception that I had of people in the military was completely really false because it doesn't matter your occupation. People are people. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're digging a ditch or if you're protecting the country. It's, you know, some people believe in that stuff. Some people don't, and that's okay. Some people have very, um, devout religious beliefs some don't and that's okay regardless of where you're at and you know and that's and that was my understanding and um you know but there was some yeah and and did i really incorporate any of that into <laughs> the mm-hmm. it really i tried to keep it separate and you know i tried to keep both halves of my life separate for so long it was so exhausting let me tell you um and then it wasn't, you know, really, it was about, um, once I started embracing who I was, I didn't, I didn't really care. And then, you know, uh, it was actually allowed it to, because I wanted to use it more at work. Cause I was like, well, if this is who I am, why can't I use it at work? That's where I started getting a little edgy, what I call edgy with it and saying, why can't I use it? Like I started thinking, well, what about seeing if, you know, maybe some of the soldiers are having maybe emotional issues or other stuff going on at home because, you know, guard soldiers, you know, they have a life beyond the two weeks a year, one week in a month type deal. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there was a lot of times where when I started stepping into my abilities to pick up and perceive on stuff where, you know, it really helped me help soldiers and where I would have deeper conversations with individuals saying, you know, how's everything going? Like, and, you know, come to find out somebody's actually homeless. Like there was a female soldier that was homeless and she just had a new baby and, you know, couldn't even afford to get diapers. And it's like, okay, there's a starting point. Let's, let's get you help. Let's get you and your daughter help. Let's, you know, and, and then I started realizing, I was like, well, this is an asset. Why would I, why would I keep that from, you know, helping other people in a certain way? So if I can perceive things like something's off with them, 
you know, what's going on? And not that I need to know everything, you know, maybe it's a breakup, maybe it's whatever, but, um, you know, you can just ask questions, um, if they're forthcoming or not, but, sure. um, so yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell. And then, you know, uh, that's been what, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. um, 10 or so years ago. And it's been, uh, coming up in May will be eight years since I retired. Okay. Um, so it seems like eons, right? <laughs> time goes so quickly. And, um, I always like to say we, you know, like, like the movie in the book, we were soldiers once and young. And, uh, you know, it's like, ooh, now I feel old. My back is creaking and, you know, it's like, so, but yeah, I but guess in a nutshell that, you know, kind you're of. Only, you're to, only as old as you feel. You realize that. I know that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sundays I'm like, damn it, you know. So, but, uh, trying to change the narrative, obviously, but yeah. yeah, you know, and really I think what it was, what it turned out to be was more about truly embracing who I was mm-hmm. and, you know, re-understanding, coming to terms with what I thought was truth. Um, you know, what I was brought up with in, in a traditional religious household and then what I came like, you know, my experience and what I'm, what I learned as a child, maybe it came in conflict and, you know, in a spiritual aspect, what does that mean? And so there was a lot of self journey and there was a lot of self discovery and, and come to terms with Dean, but, you know, and I don't know about Monique. I don't, um, you know, why don't Monique, you want to share your story? Oh yeah, sure. Well, I honestly, I've only been in or had my spiritual awakening since 2016. And well, I don't think I ever shared this with you. I'm pretty sure I didn't because I don't share this story with a lot of people. And Dean, with you being a psychic medium, I don't know if this will resonate with you or you will know exactly what I'm talking about. But if I'm not mistaken, um, what I experienced back in 2016 without knowing anything um, was, was that 2016? Wait a minute, 2017. We're in 2021, right? That's right, yeah. Oh, this was 2017. Okay. So what I believe I experienced was astral projection. Ooh. But at the time, I had never even heard of it. I didn't know what it was. And seriously, you guys... It happened to me on a Monday morning on my sofa. Um, I was, I had broken up with a boyfriend and I was distraught. I wanted us to get back together. I had decided I was going to manifest him back. Ah. And I wondered if it was really real to be able to connect with someone mentally, like hear other people's thoughts and think I'd heard of that, but I didn't know if that was really real. So I remember sitting on the couch and just saying, God, if this is really real, please tell him how much I love him. Tell him how much I miss him. I want us to get back together. And then I found some random, um, what do you call it? Meditation for an hour on YouTube that I did. And you guys blew my mind. First of all, um, I didn't even know. I, I'd never had an, an experience like that before. I'd never done hypnosis or meditation or anything, but quickly, like I just listened, right? And I remember her like kind of counting me down. And the next thing I remember after the experience was her saying, you know, counting us back out. Wow. I realized an hour had passed, but in that hour, I had an astral projection experience. But again, I didn't know what it was. And I literally took a week off from work. Literally, I took a week off from work. I was so messed up. I sat on the couch for a week and I cried because I, I couldn't understand what happened. And it involved my, my ex-boyfriend. Oh my. It was hmm. he and I together. And I just, yeah. So anyway, that kind of started the ball rolling, Dean, for my real, um, Awakening, spiritual awakening, right? Prior to that, in 2016, the same boyfriend or ex-boyfriend I'm talking about now, um, he introduced me to the law of attraction. But I was just 
dabbling. I had manifested like a new car, a 700 credit score, a, wow. a luxury apartment, you know, so I was manifesting some pretty big things and said, I didn't know a lot, but that's about it. My real spiritual awakening came in 2018 with that. And I was like, wow, the power of the mind is amazing. And then just a year and a half ago, I became a manifestation and mindset coach. So I didn't like, I didn't have any experiences while I was in the military. Right. Um, I wasn't even aware. However, um, things, I don't know if this is true for you, Dean or Walt, but things that have always just like my mom and my family would call me lucky mm -hmm. because everything I wanted, I would get no matter yeah. what it was. Right. Mm -hmm. Things just seemed to come to me effortlessly jobs that I wanted I would get right whether or not I was really qualified for them or not I mean just, <laughs> just crazy stuff right just crazy stuff but again I was exercising the law of attraction and you know at some point we can talk about this too but now I realize a lot of it had to be had to do with my energy my vibration while you know Dean you're just meeting me but I'm pretty much a naturally happy upbeat kind of person. I love everybody. This you is know. an understatement, Dean. She's actually playing it down. <laughs> is she, are, are you trying, don't tone it down for me, Monique, you know, just be your normally <laughs> vibrant self, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much been my experience. Like Walt said, you know, I grew up in the Baptist church. They didn't certainly didn't talk about psychics or mediums <laughs> or the most you speak in, in tongues and you fall out. On the floor, right? <laughs> That's about the extent, extent of your spiritual, right, experience. So yeah. right. That, that's where I came from. Wow. What was the astral projection thing kind of a, a thing to kick you into gear to go into coaching? Cause it seems to be one led to the other. No, not, not connected. That's interesting. After it happened, I absolutely wanted nothing to do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was. When I tell you I was scared S-less, I, I told you, I literally, <laughs> I took a week off from work and I cried on my couch because I, true, did, yeah. I couldn't understand what happened and I couldn't find anybody to tell me mm. or try to explain to me. I was searching on YouTube videos, but because I didn't know what to call it, I didn't know what to look for. So I couldn't, yeah. you know, it, it scared me, man, it's like literally to be in space, to see the earth, to see, I don't know, what do you call them? Galaxies or whatever. Sure. Yeah. It's still, as you can tell just now, still just like, what the heck? And I've never tried to do it. Well, I didn't try to do it then, but I've definitely not wanted to do it since, to be honest with you. It, it just scared me. So I think you, you partly answered the question I was going to ask, which was, when did you come to terms with it? Sounds like you're still coming to terms with it. I don't really talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but it probably would be better, Walt, you know, and Dean, if I met someone or or even afterwards, even to this day, if I actually had a conversation with someone who's extremely familiar with those types of experiences to yeah. kind of help me process and understand what happened. Because, again, I wasn't trying to do it. I just thought I was just trying to connect with my boyfriend on a mental level to say, Hey, take me back. Can we please get back together? I miss you kind of thing. That's well, all I was trying to do. Then I can offer an official invitation to you because both of my Monday co-hosts are very experienced with astral projections. Really? Personally. Yes. Both Amy Blackford and Louis D'Souza have a lot of experiences with out-of-body experiences and they're very enthusiastic discussions of it. So, oh, all right. So maybe I'll call on Monday. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, connecting on the Monday show. We'll get you guys talking. There's certainly yeah. powerful experience. I mean, I don't have a ton of experiences of of out of body experiences, but uh, remote viewing and some yeah. astral projection. Absolutely, those are just completely. I I, I don't know if uh, shifting your maybe complete mindset or just, you know, kind of blows your mind a little bit. It's just like, what just happened? What, what was that? Yeah, Dean, I would love to, if it's okay, Walt, I would love to hear about Dean, your very first remote viewing. Like, were you trying to do it? 
So how to do it. So the very first remote viewing, um, yeah, I wasn't trying to do it. What it was is, um, I was washing dishes actually. And this is after I had kind of embraced, you know, my abilities as a medium. And it was kind of within that first year, right? And I was, uh, you know, I was, uh, Dean the soldier by day and Dean the medium by night. Sounds like my <laughs> alter ego comic. And, uh, so if anybody from Marvel or, you know, anybody listening, uh, <laughs> just kidding. But, and, uh, I, but well, what's your superpower? That's the question I, I, you have to answer for them. Well, it's the psychic superpower, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but no, I was washing dishes and my wife, I knew, um, was going to this, I don't even know, remember what it was. It was like a spiritual development class or something, right? And um, I knew that there was going to be certain people there, but, you know, and I didn't give it any thought. And I, I was with the, uh, my daughter and I was, or my kids, and I was washing dishes and all of a sudden it was like a split second. It wasn't minutes, but it felt longer that I had this crystal clear vision of my wife talking to a friend of ours. She's a psychic. Um, I actually, in my development phase of, of mediumship, I always referred to her as the voodoo chick in all my stories. Um, but she, and I clearly saw her talking to my wife, like I was hovering above them. And all I heard was, yeah, he should do that. And then it was out like, and then it was out and I was like, whoa. And I saw what everybody was wearing. Obviously I knew what my wife was wearing before she left the house. And uh, so she come home and I go, and I didn't forget, right? That's another one. So my wife gets home hours later and I said, Hey, did you was so-and-so there? Uh, this, you know, the voodoo chick. And, uh, she was like, yeah, she was there. And I said, was she wearing a red turtleneck? And she was like, uh, yeah, she was wearing <laughs> like, a red turtleneck. <laughs> like, where are you going with this? And now you're starting to freak me out. Right. <laughs> and, and then I said, you're not going to believe this, but I totally saw you two having a conversation and I heard you were talking about me and she said he should totally do that. And she was like, holy shit. She was like, we had that conversation. And she went, and then she goes on to whatever, uh, I don't know if it was a class or whatever we were, you know, that I was supposed to take her. So I don't know what it was. And I was like, holy crap. What was that? Like, I just, it was so clear. And then I was like, it was like a random, like somebody was playing with wires, right? And it was like, ooh, there's one it connected. And it was just like a glitch in the matrix. And I saw this crystal clear vision. And while I was doing something completely random, the other time was um, where I was actually, when I started getting into meditation, and this was further in my spiritual, I guess, journey. Mm -hmm. And I was really into meditation. And one day I was actually sitting in my I guess my lazy boy in my, in our house at the time. And I started feeling waves of energy come over me like crashing. And it was really nice sensation. And so as I breathe in deep, all this energy would just wash over me and it felt really good. And I was like, well, I just keep on doing this because it feels good. And the more, and I wasn't hyperventilating. I know there's somebody's like, Oh my God, he's going to hyperventilate. No. And it was just very gentle. And all of a sudden, it was just all of a sudden, like, boom, I was sitting in my, obviously, physically sitting in my living room, but all of a because I'm conscious and awake and my eyes open, I could see, like, I was actually, I don't know, teleported? I don't know what you want to call it. But I was somewhere else in time, and I was in a parlor um, back if you will, the 1700s, whatever. And it was, and I knew that I was physically sitting in my home, you know, uh, and I, cause I could feel the texture of the lazy boy chair. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But everywhere I look, so if you look around you right now, you see your laptop and other things. That's I was seeing like, and I was reaching out and touching them, like, and I was like, I'm here, but I'm there, and I was like, whoa, and I'm like, I'm sitting in a parlor, and there's a teacup, and there's you know a teapot, and I'm like, and then I was like, and I was looking, then I saw myself, and I was like, I'm sitting, you know, in a a suit and tails and very nicely dressed. And, and then I heard, you know, somebody use the, the, the word dapper. And I was like, okay. And then I saw somebody else like with a stovetop hat and very Lincolnish, what I would say, right? In Dean's words. And so that era, and I was like, whoa, what's going on? You know, and the wallpaper and everything. And it was just all this. And then all of a sudden I was back. And I was like, holy shit, what was going on? What's that? And so over, I found it so fascinating. It was like an, I, I wasn't trying to do anything. Right. It was just, and so over time, I was really fascinated. Like, I'm going to go there. It's like the kid with the, the ride. Like, I, where's your button? Like, you and know, I was the complete opposite. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I want to push it again. Like, that was cool. <laughs> and cause it wasn't scary for me, my experience and. So it wasn't until that I started taking more meditation courses there, Mm -hmm. there was a discovering your light body course, you know, inner core power, um, where I had some pretty powerful meditative experiences and out of body stuff that I started. Somebody said, well, if you just want to do remote viewing, then you just do it. And I was like, Cause I started reading, of course, all the CIA, you know, experiments and, you know, Stargate and all these different stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God, now I got a headache. Cause now I'm thinking back to manuals. Of course, there are actual manuals on how, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I left that when I retired <laughs> and I was like, and it's boring me number one, but number two, there was something in me saying that it needed to be easy. Right. And, but I didn't, I didn't get that. I was like, oh, but you should have to do this. And, you know, you need to dance on one foot. And, you know, that's what I was thinking in my head. It needs, you know, you know, the old adage of nothing, you know, you know, nothing comes without hard work or whatever. Right. Right. But it was more of a mindset. And basically it was like, yeah, well, let me try it. And, but I needed something that I could validate like a target or somebody could validate. And so I kind of set, I, I can't even remember what it was. I think it was, um, for a friend or something and where basically, you know, got permission on to check, you know, and so then I could validate with them and they were like, dude, yeah, that's, you know, and I gave a description of what was going on and, and they were like, yeah. And I was like, huh, I was like, well, that wasn't as hard as what I thought, you know, and I was like, I just, <laughs> Hey, I want to go here. And that's where I went. And so now as I got into remote viewing, there was more, there was a kind of fast forwarding the time. Um, and I don't even have it in here. It's in my office here, but I had a friend who I have a friend who is an artist and also has been, I don't know, an intuitive psychic animal communicator of many, many years. Mm-hmm. And she made a, basically it's a raven out of multi textured, uh, like uh, material. And it just spoke to me. I was like, Oh my God, that's so beautiful. And she goes, so weird. I thought about you the whole time while I was making this. Wow. And she said, I think it's yours. And so she gave it to me. Oh. And what it turned out to be was one of my spirit guides or a spirit animal for me. And it was more of a guide, um, for remote viewing hmm. and. And I was like, okay, so what's your name? And I kept on hearing T21E. And so, and I was like, very cool, you know? So I had a friend. I was like, well, you're going on the wall, dude. You know, you're, you know, I'm going to put you on in in the office. And, and so now what is so funny, Monique, is uh, now my wife will bug me. She was like, when's the last time you talked to your birds? 
she'll give me more of a hard time Mm -hmm. because not only do I, you know, connect to T21E for the, the remote viewing or like saying, Hey, what, let's go forward in time. Like, what do I need to be doing or whatever or helping clients? But also like the whole yard will fill up full of crows and ravens. And it's like the, you know, night of the living dead almost. It's crazy. It kind of gets kind of eerie. It's like, ah! and I get it in the spring, you know, they show up the fall, wow. but it's crazy. And they'll just be so loud. And she was like, would you go downstairs and talk to your birds? Ah! And I'm like, come on, not Dr. Doolittle here, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of the crazy journey remote viewing for me. And then, so what I've done is there was a time where, um, for a time I, I, I volunteered with a nonprofit organization called, um, find me mm-hmm. and find me, um, again, is a nonprofit organization that, um, ha- works with psychics and mediums and viewers and other folks all around the world on mm-hmm. homicide and missing persons mm-hmm. cases. And basically where all those people feed one centralized individual, all this information, and hopes that they find like, you know, they were missing children, missing, you know, adults, kids, human trafficking, um, yeah. homicide. Hey, last seen at this quick mart in Columbus, Georgia, blah, 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 blah. You know, it goes on and on and on. And, uh, so yeah, so, uh, did some of that, did, um, some, um, People have hired me privately to, um, saying, Hey, I want you to check in on my company, you know, Fortune 500 business owners saying there's some, I think there's something going on within my business. Mm -hmm. Something doesn't feel right. And where, you know, uh, there was a company that, um, the formulators that worked with the FDA formula was messing with they were, they weren't following the formula they were supposed to. They were messing with it mm-hmm. and they had to pull all the product off the shelf because I said, your, your scientist or whomever, the dude isn't doing what he's supposed to. Do. That was, yeah. and so I did some, some spying on that. So corporate spy or if you will spying, I don't know. People like that word, but corporate viewing. Um, mm-hmm. and then also like some government stuff. Um, some people were worried about, and so, yeah, it kind of gets kind of down that rabbit hole of, uh, um, kind of, uh, different, you know, like some weird, like bunker stuff. And it was like, Ooh, I don't know what's, <laughs> what this is all now, about. But, now you're so. freaking out all the hackers in the world. I know. Because I they, know. they think they have their, good. they think they have their tracks covered. They know right. how to cover all the digital footprints, but they haven't yeah. figured out how to cover the psychic footprint. And that's well, freaking them out. Hey, you want to read a, a crazy book? Um, I, uh, a great book is called, uh, Do You See What I See? I think it's called. And it talks about, um, uh, it was written by one of the guys that, um, was a remote viewer from the military or CIA or something, but talks about basically spy on spy doing bad um, magazine, <laughs> right? It, it sounds like it, right? It but does. Ta- talking about how they would like, so if I showed up and say I was viewing remote viewing, um, like a government facility or whatever, because I felt that they were looking into my company. Um, and then all of a sudden I felt another presence, like they were counter spying, mm-hmm. you know? And so it gets kind of into the weeds and I know it sounds kind of like, doo, 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 doo. but it's <laughs> crazy because when I did the one case where the one lady wanted, because she felt that the government was, um, in getting in her business, mm-hmm. um, as far as viewing, um, I heard a voice saying, you have to leave now. And it was, and then I was gone. It was like, I didn't make the effort to leave. I was just gone. And I was like, okay, now I'm not there no more. And it was crazy. Now it wasn't like another, but it was like almost like a guide or something. I was like, you need to, you know, we need to go now. So it was like, um, but I was like, I felt like almost like, Hey, you know, you can almost be caught, so to speak. And it was crazy. So there's a lot of, but when you think about it, 
you know, could you be be spying? Not yeah, sure, you could be. Yeah. Um, well, you're, you're reminding me of a, a very old Dennis Quaid movie from when he was really, really young, like early twenties. It was called Dreamscape. It was a it was a minor movie. Mm-hmm. Most people don't even know about it. Sure. But in this it movie, familiar. You may have seen it. It's probably on Netflix and things like sure. that. But um, it's the story of a kid who gets recruited by the CIA to basically invade other people's dreams, particularly the dreams of enemies and of oh, friends too. Sure. And the, the particular storyline is that he's part of a crew, a, a small crew of, of uh, young guys who can all do this jumping into other people's dreams. Sure, routine. sure. And they can actively participate in the dreams and they can, they can do matrix type stuff in the dreams. You know, they can be Superman in their dreams. They can oh, turn sure. their features into something else. You know, they can do all of this kind of crazy stuff. Uh, and the storyline is that the president of the United States, who was played by, I think, Brian Keith, I think it was, um, was being attacked, essentially, by one of their own, one of another one of these guys who is also mm-hmm. a CIA spook, so to speak, who mm-hmm. was out, out out of line. Let's put it that way. He, he was he was working for, I don't know, like a private entity or something like that. Yeah. Um, while he was simultaneously working for the CIA. And so it was Dennis Quaid's job to basically take this guy on in the dream. And the two of them are having this, this matrix type fight within the dream. So it's like 20 years predating the meat, the matrix, but is yeah. that crazy? Yeah. Wow. Really cool. That movie. stuff is pretty wild. And it goes kind of like, you know, and, and really, you know, when you think about it, there are no boundaries when mm. you start getting into it. There's no boundaries. And when we think about the vastness of the universe and just the, it's just, it's completely mind blowing. It's like, I don't even know where to, what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> and then I'm like, where's the button? Can we just push it again? Can we just, what does this do? What it, boop, you know, it's, it's like, ooh, shut it off. Stop. <laughs> you know, it's like, slow it down. <laughs> you know, it's, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, but you know, the thing that I've found is, and I know there's a lot of people that are probably out there that be like, Oh, that sounds so cool. And you know, the, the thing that I would share is if for me personally was number one, did it start with the interest? Absolutely 100%. But number two is going into it with pure interest or a pure intent. It wasn't about, I wasn't doing it to, nor do have I ever done it to try to go out and cause harm or to be mean or I always do it out of pure intent, right? Mm-hmm. And to be loving and supporting and, and whatever that is. And so, you know, um, I, I think that's important as well. But we, of course, we understand that people can come at it from the other aspect. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. You know. But of course, we don't dwell on that. But um, just to be aware of that kind of stuff. Yeah, any tool can um, be reversed. Reversed. Re- it can be turned. A tool can be turned into a weapon. A weapon can be turned into a tool. It can work either way. That's right, and that's yeah. a great thing to remember. Yeah. But I guess that's my, I guess, experience with um, remote viewing and astral projection. I, you know, and um, but I haven't had any experiences at to date that were like you know, where I come out of my body and I saw myself. Um, I will share something with you guys that I do remember. I remember this is, it's funny that I just remember this, but there used to be a time back when I was a kid, this goes way back. And if I relaxed, I had to be really conscious about it and relaxed all my muscles to the point where I couldn't feel anything because typically when you're laying in bed, if you're conscious about it, you can feel the bed around you because you're laying in it. Right. But if you relax enough, it's almost like you can't feel the bed. You can't feel the pillow. And so I would try to get to that point, and it was almost like I was watching myself um, from outside of myself. So I picture myself on a bed. And, but yet I couldn't feel anything physically. And then what I would do is visualize myself floating up and then I would see a finger come up and hit my feet and then I would spin. (laughs) And I just thought it was so interesting and I could physically feel myself. And then of course I'd get dizzy and then I'd be like, almost like wake up. And then I'd feel like I 
kind of slammed down. And I, so was I exper- I don't know, but it was funny that I just remembered that. It was something that I, it was so hard though, because I had to be really conscious about really relaxing myself just mm-hmm. to a point where I couldn't feel the bed around. And, and maybe saying that now, maybe what I'll do is I'll go maybe do a salt tank and try that because you really can't feel anything once your, you know, body comes, um, in sync with the salt water around you. I don't know if you guys done a salt tank. Never oh, done. so cool. You got it. You got to try it. Go find one in your area. It's the, the water is room te- or body temperature. It is a high, um, salt content. So you float. And a lot of them have like a foam board, like to lay your head on if you want, or you can just lay your head back, but it might take a few like for you to completely relax. Cause and I think just out of survival mechanism, we, we try to lift our head instead of just le- le- letting it go back, but you can't. And, and it's only about that deep. It's crazy, oh, but okay. you're floating. And it, I mean, as far as you know, while you're laying there, it could be 50 feet deep. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're floating in outer space. It's just the craziest thing. And of course the lights are dim. Some of them are completely black. It depends the kind that you go to. Um, and some have music, some don't, whatever your experience, but, um, yeah. So I, I might have to go and uh, give it a shot and give that, see, see what happens. But, um, when I went, I swear to God, it was up on my side and then I was, my body, it felt like it was going all over. And I mean, you're just in this little, the one that I went to, I, um, I went to two of them and one, the first one was like a little pod, um, that you crawl in. And then the other one that I went into was more like a, how do I want to say it? <laughs> it's not a portage john, but it was like a a smaller you know okay. room. It's like you know, yeah, go on the portage john. It's you know that's you know kind of in our area. It's kind of low low grade. <laughs> you just hold your nose. No, no, I think you got to work on the metaphors a little bit, but right. Well, well you know me, I just they don't like it is. It's like no, but you know it's uh, it was more of a room, just a bigger. It looked kind of really. It looked like a shower room, um, kind of top tile on the bottom and it wasn't that deep and then it's um but it was more wide right and uh yeah so it was um but so anyways what i'm rambling that, but... is, that, is that interesting to you is that does, does that take any of the fear away or is it still like oh no cross in the air <laughs> <laughs> no well, i'm i'm joking um the salt water tank sounds yeah. interesting yeah don't know what I would do in it, but I probably would want to go just for the the feel of it. Mm. But I do know what you're talking about, Dean, when you're talking about getting to a state of relaxation when you're in bed and you no longer feel the bed. I've yeah. been there before. Nice. Okay. Yeah, nice. I've done that before. Yeah. So you, you've had uh, a, a milder experience than than the scary one that you had, which is good. Yeah, and I think I think that that's probably what has kept me from really getting into a really good meditation practice. I can't even tell you guys how that literally scared the pe- mm-hmm. Do you know how, how <laughs> afraid, frightened you have to be to take off from work for a week? For a week, I yeah. I can imagine. Yes. I can only imagine. I was terrified, like somebody was going to kill me if I left my house or something. I mean, that's not what I thought. But- right. But- well, you didn't have any prep. That's the thing. It, just, you, it was right. just taking you by surprise. Because I've, yeah, I've had one experience in my life. It was a guided meditation, kind of similar to what you had with the YouTube, but the lead was in the room. There were 20 of us or so that she was leading through this guided meditation. And uh, the way it went, she basically told us in advance what was going to happen and assured us we were going to be safe and you know, nothing oh. nothing bad would happen to us. And she was going to lead us through this really nice meditation. We'd take, take a nice trip around the solar system and so forth. And then we did. And a lot of people had no experience at all. They didn't, they didn't pick up on it. I, as listeners know, I, I'm aphantasic, which means I have trouble um, generating images in my mind. I did pretty well following what she was telling us 
to see in our minds. I was doing pretty good at, at seeing a lot of it. Like I, I couldn't see all of it. For instance, you know, she she did the thing where you have the the, the silver rope connecting you to your body. That thing. Oh, okay. I, I could kind of imagine that there was a silver rope, but I didn't really see it really clearly. But other things I would see much more clearly, and it. It was fun. I mean, I remember the experience of rising up at her guidance, rising up from the surface of the earth, and then seeing in my sort of aphantastic way, uh, you know, sort of a semi shot of the earth and feeling like I was really doing that. She says, okay, now we're going to head toward the sun. And it was like, oh, wow, this is really, really fun. You know, because I felt safe. I felt secure. Yeah. I had, it was all explained to me in advance. So I wasn't, I wasn't being scared or shocked by any of it. And we, we, we went to the sun. We, we, we did a little trip around Venus, a little trip around uh, Mercury, um, came back, did a little zoom out toward Mars. And I guess we were, we, we've been doing it for a while. So she figured it was time to come home. And then she brought us home at that point. That, I mean, there was no, there, there wasn't like meeting up with some strange creatures or anything like that. It was just this yeah. very nice trip yeah. to the solar system, but it was fun. Yeah. Very cool. So it just mm. depends on how it's presented, I think. Cause you were, I mean, you, you basically were caught off guard. Is what that was. Completely. But you know, when you were talking about your experience, it reminded me that when um, my ex and I were in space, he spoke to me. Mm. He talked to me. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I, I, I don't, I know it sounds crazy, but. Yeah. None of this sounds crazy. Hey, listen to what he just told. Okay? <laughs> We've been crazy for a while. I mean, we, we, we surpassed crazy about 40 minutes ago. So don't worry about <laughs> oh, that. Oh, then I'm on the right show. Yeah, hey, then you're absolutely. on the right show. Right. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and really when, when you think about it though, Monique, you know, if you put it in a religious aspect, right? So, you know, going off of what the Bible tells us or, or is written, you know, we're all made in the image of God. If if we have the ability, just even a minuscule ability of of maybe some of that God dust, right? Honestly. Yeah, we do. You know, why wouldn't we be able to communicate to each other without moving our lips? Yeah, it's okay. You know, why not? You know, those guardian angels, those archangels, everything, you know, it's it's like that divine knowing that, you know, how they speak through us and, and people talk about Having, you know, um, I don't remember growing up, I don't remember any pastor, a priest or anybody ever saying, you know, that, you know, they heard audibly outside of themselves. It's always like, you know, God spoke to me in a dream or God, you know, or, you know, I heard, you know, I have this dream of, you know, the calling and this, you know, and that the same way of, of that divine communication, you know, it's just like, Dude, you know, I'm picking up the phone. Here it is. It's, I call it the, you know, the free Wi-Fi that's all around us. They're just plugging in and, right. um, yeah. So it's, uh, I don't think it's crazy at all. I think it's crazy cool. Um, <laughs> and I think it's, um, I love it because it's like, what else can we do? I, I take yeah. the, I, I like the, I always keep them in my mind, like the six year old little boy with a stick down by a creek. Like poking at frogs and turtles, not in a mean way. I don't right. want Peta to come after me. But, but he's you know, it's like. But what I'm saying, it's more curiosity. Yeah. It's like, what else can it do? Like, what else is there? The wonders of the world. Like, if we can do that, and we're only using a minuscule part yeah. of our brains, my goodness. And we talked last time, Walt, last show, about having these flashes of where everything in the universe makes sense. Yes. Right. In a, like a brief explosion moment. And all of a sudden then it leaves us like, Oh my God, like all the answers to the world are right. And it's like, Whoa, where are you going? And it's like gone. And it's like everything. It's just like your eyes are open and then it's just almost too much for us. And it's like, like we just get a little sliver. Yeah. Like, did like you get that? that? No. Okay. Bye. You know, it's like, so, yeah. you know, it's just, it makes me go, Whoa, what else is there? Like, mm -hmm. was that part of the Milky Way where, you know, what, what was that? And how do, how do we experience that again? Or can we consciously create and have that experience? And, and so like remote viewing, astral travel, mm -hmm. 
it's just so fascinating to me because if we're able to go and do these things consciously, right. You know, or just all of a sudden, like some, you know, like Monique, like your story about it just, you know, it did check you up. You had to take a week off work. You know, it's just like well, out well, of the perfectly blue. we do it perfectly. We do it with deliberate intention rather than well, being right. surprised by yeah. it. You know? Like right. this is what I intend to do, and then I go do it. That, that right. anybody can handle that one because right. now you're you're prepared, right? Right. right. Yeah. I mean, there's a big difference between that and like, hey, come over here. Oh, look at this. <laughs> well, it's like, right. What? <laughs> Not exactly the same experience. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. No, I, yeah, I think it's, but I, it's just, again, I guess it's just so fascinating to me that everybody's experience is different. Mm. And just the phenomena itself is, um, it's and, just super fascinating. Do come by uh, on Monday, either this Monday or, or following Monday, and we'll we'll set aside time for you guys to talk for you to talk with uh, Louie and with Amy if she's there. She's she's been there half the time lately, so I'm not sure that she'll be there. But um, both of them will tell you about some pretty wild stuff. I mean, Dean's was pretty cool. They'll tell you about you know meeting alien races, speaking languages that they didn't even know what they were speaking. You know, they'll they'll, they'll tell you about some really far out stuff, mm-hmm. and they love it. They love all that stuff, you know, so you'll, you'll come away, I think, with at least a somewhat altered feeling about it, maybe a little bit more secure feeling than, than what you've had, because you've been carrying some pretty rough feeling there. I mean, you had one bad experience with nobody to talk to. That's not healthy. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not healthy it's at all. Well, you never meditate ever again. I don't blame well, you. But And you're not alone, too, you know, knowing that you're not alone and and having that experience, but saying, yeah. you know, um, say, you know, but, uh, yeah. It's, it's a lot easier when you have somebody else you can talk to who's had something similar and you can identify, oh, yeah, that's similar to something that I experienced when I had my thing and so forth. It, it starts to, it almost creates a comfort. Right. When you, when you have that kind of. You uh, mean I'm not crazy? You're not crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I mean, you want to talk about crazy? Yesterday's show, I was telling Dan McGaina about uh experience I had on Wednesday. Dean, after we did our show on Tuesday, uh-huh. the following day, I had a, an experience that night. And I won't repeat it because I spent quite a bit of time talking about it yesterday. Okay. But essentially, for about two minutes, I was experiencing what I would call insanity. Literally. Really? My brain, I, I was, I was dealing with an old emotional issue that had, that had kind of reemerged and I was trying to work my way through it with my wife's help. And in the course of, of working my way through it, my mind went blank. I literally could not grasp a thought. I had like little flits of thought that were out of reach that I couldn't grasp and I couldn't tell what they were. I could recognize that they were thought and that was about it. And it was, I, I, I felt completely out of control. I didn't expect it was going to happen. And after the two minutes were over, I was glad that they were over because right. I realized that's probably what it's like for someone who is truly insane. Like their, their mind, it's almost like the mind just kind of fell apart. It's like dissolved. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a very unpleasant feeling. It's very, very scary because you don't have any, I mean, at least with your, your, your visualizations that you had, you had something to latch onto, even if it wasn't a pleasant experience. You could, this, there was nothing to latch onto. It, it was like just, you know, being lost in a void. And not knowing how you're going to get out. That was, that was not happy. Mm. But on the other hand, it was a great experience in that I released a huge amount of emotion that I've been carrying around for about 45 years. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll refer you to that episode because uh, we're kind of running out of time today anyway. But no, absolutely. <laughs> but this has been great. I mean, I'm glad both of you guys agreed to come on and uh, you know, fill in the yeah. gap here on Friday. This is really good. Well, and it was so exciting to meet uh, Monique and hear her story. And I think that's well. so awesome. Yeah. It's always so, fun to meet uh, like-minded individuals. And, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks so we'll have Yes, thank you both for, for joining us and for filling in the gap. And, of course, we'll be seeing each of you on Tuesday and Wednesday. And maybe we'll see you, Monique, on uh, Monday if you feel like coming into that show. So, Oh, I'm coming. Too. You are coming. Okay. All right. I'll let <laughs> she, Louie and Amy know then. She, and, and I might not be there, but I might project in. So just be looking for me. So. You don't have to tell us about it. <laughs> Monique's like, yeah, just don't show up at my place. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> very good. All right. Well, thank you guys very much. Thank you, listeners. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye. Bye-bye.